Welcome to the special President's Day edition of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X. Today I have with me the illustrious Mr. Robert Brooks. Glad to be here on President's Day. It's a it's a wonderful day to to celebrate John Donald Trump. Uh, you know, he got I mean, he got acquitted over the weekend, so it's a celebration. I'm sure they're having some type of bacchanalian festival down at at Mar-a-Lago. Yes, there's, you know, there's champagne fountains overflowing right now, and you know, Luke dancers, and we just, just gave a, you know, it's a great way to celebrate President's Day. A round of applause for beating the man, even if you are the man. That's what I'm saying. A round of applause for beating the man. And as a first-time guest on Born in Trouble, someone I'm very familiar with, close friend of mine, Mr. Manquazi Hilson. Manquazi, say hello to the people. Hello, everybody. So glad to be here on this President's Day. And, John, it's also a pleasure for people to be beaten by the man even though they are the man that's correct <laughs> how about that how about that <laughs> beaten, there's, beaten. A, there's a lot of hurt feelings out there right now oh man boy is there boy are there so we're just going to jump right into this because we've never really this is the first time that we're actually doing a um podcast that is based upon really politics and we're going to cover the two things that are supposed to be separated by the constitution of the united states politics and religion. And we all know that those th- that that does not exist in the United States. There is no separation at this point in time. And um, hopefully some people might learn something. It might be a little bit uncomfortable for some people, and that's okay. But this is an abbreviated podcast. Of course, we'll still be doing our Friday afternoon podcast. But this is a way for us to throw some extra conversations in there during the week. So here we go. We're going to get started with this. And... First of all, we all know what happened. Okay. And I see a lot of people that are cheering online about what happened with this, um, with the outcome. But my whole thing is that just like any other thing that we've gone through over the past two years, we pretty much already knew what the outcome was going to be. I don't understand why anyone who's emotionally or personally invested in this is some type of big victory or big loss. The numbers are what they are. The votes that have gone over the past 12 years have gone strictly upon party lines, Republicans, Democrats. So no matter what happens, like Trump said, he could kill somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue, shoot him with a gun, and he's going to be innocent. He's going to find himself innocent at that point. And we all know what happened at the Capitol. We saw we saw what happened at the Capitol. People said that there was a lot of evil that went through. And um, I have to say, honestly, like, it's a good thing that we did this show today, because if we would have done it, it, this is the first day that I've actually come back down from a lot of other emotions that I felt about it. It wasn't about it. For me, it's not about whether or not he was going to get convicted or not convicted. He wasn't going to get convicted. He's not going to get impeached. The guy brings in so much money for the GOP. Every time someone sends him a donation, the GOP gets like I believe it's a one-third cut of that. So he's a cash cow right now. He's the biggest cash cow that it, that they have right now. So there's no possible way that they're going to convict him and take him off of the political trail, to take him off of the, to take him, to effectively take his finance out of politics for them. It just wasn't going to happen. Feelings, 
Man, Quasi, since this is your first time, I'm going to let you go first. How do you feel about that? So I'll start by, first of all, thank you, John, for giving me an opportunity to be on this podcast and looking forward to a future uh, appearances if possible, but definitely future shows that you put on, definitely uh, following the information that the various guests uh, expose because you have really good topics and really good conversation around those topics. Thank now, you. concerning this in particular, I agree with you 100%. Uh, this was a very steep wall to climb. The idea of not just impeaching, but then convicting not just the president, but Donald J. Trump. And then, of course, we'll talk about a little bit more uh, impeaching and then leading to a conviction of Trump under any circumstances for any charges, but more so for the specific charge that they brought against him. Uh, never was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't believe it. It would have been possible. Even if. They had taken a different strategy of waiting at least 100 plus days after we were into the new uh, administration and giving them opportunity to pull together uh, true evidence, real evidence, get statements, things of that nature, get affidavits signed. I still don't believe it would have been enough to convict him on that charge. However, I do believe that had more time been taken and this had been dressed appropriately, there could have been a different form of censorship that would have been successful. But I agree with you 100 percent. Impeachment, of course, that took place because we had a Democratic House. Uh, but in the Senate, it was not going to happen that he was going to be convicted. What ex- Especially not on that charge. What exactly did you feel was wrong about the charges? Um, because this, the bar of proving incitement is one that is not set. It's a bar that can move at any given time based on legally to legally prove incitement it's a bar that can kind of move at any given time based on the circumstances and so the defense had too much room to move around in particular though a part of that particular charge is you not only have to prove that the words themselves were specific and direct to initiate uh, some form of uh, riotous behavior but you had to prove that that was the intention of the words to begin with. Mm-hmm. You can't even prove that it was his intent to have the people stir up trouble, go down there as a large group of people and just make their presence known. Uh, okay. That yeah. in itself is not enough to prove incitement of riot, especially against the president. You know, in that particular time, he was the seated president, but especially against the president of the United States and especially against somebody who, like you said, is a cash cow for the GOP, mm-hmm. who, even though he has one of the lowest popularity rates of any president leaving office, still has about a 70 percent support uh, amongst the Republican uh, base. Mm-hmm. I don't see any GOP leaders being willing to stake their jobs in the next two years or the next six years on betting against Donald Trump. Well, one thing is that they definitely stick together no matter what. I'm watching the news today, this morning, and they were saying, and the headline on CNN was that the Republicans are facing a split. And my thought was bullshit. These guys may face a split. They may feel like ideologically, or they may put that out publicly, but we all know at the end of the day, they stick together more so than any other group ever. We've got the one, two guys that splinter Roth. Rob, what do you feel about this? I mean, long ago, they pledged themselves to no matter whatever it takes, as long as we stay in power. 
Doesn't matter what happens as long as we stay in power. And they've held firm to that. I mean, you know, you said the, you know, we want to talk about politics and religion. You know, they've been had they've been hijacked by the religious right. And the mm. religious right really yeah. doesn't give a bleep about any of your F your feelings mm. you know, yeah. as long as they get what they want. I mean, that's what this whole thing has been about. I mean, that's the one thing that that we have found out during the Obama years. They held up all those judgeships. As soon as they got Don, John, uh, Donald John Trump in the office, they pushed through all those conservative judges. Yeah. I mean, that's mm. really what they wanted. They they don't they you know, they they laugh at this, whatever. We look at other countries and say, oh, that's Sharia law. That's what they want here. Yeah. You know? They want their religious rules to govern whatever how everybody conducts their life, which and is that's what they've been pushing. Which is really odd to me because Donald J. Trump is not a religious man, you no, know. But he is, a, but he was the vehicle. I mean, the one thing that we have to sort of understand, and at some point, looking back, we're going to get a much clearer picture of how Ronald Reagan was the perfect actor to play president and help them begin putting in some of these conservative policies. Yeah, and Donald Trump was the next perfect actor to help them. He was a fool that they could put out in front. All he wanted, all he wanted was the attention. Mm-hmm. And while he was out front, you know, soaking it all up, they were in the back breaking, breaking the thing up for real. He was just the front man. Meanwhile, they were in the back room breaking it up for real. Well, a big problem with the base is that they don't feel like he's a front man. They feel like he actually is speaking from the heart. So much so that no matter what he says, they'll interpret every word and every sentence that he says to sound like something that they can like live with. I, you know, what really got me mad was I saw someone in my own family who posted this. I'm not even going to call. I'm not going to call him out now because it's like I feel like I've done enough there. I've done enough damage there over the past couple of days. But to me, the hypocrisy of a man who has slept with multiple women while married um, talks about grab them by the by the hoo-ha um, has a had a relationship with had a very close relationship, no matter how they try to spin it with Jeffrey Epstein and that uh, Giselle woman that's now in, in custody. I don't see how anyone, how anyone anywhere can possibly put them up as being like the religious right. And just one, one more thing, like I, that's really like weird is that, you know, I've never seen a man that's been, that's been exalted so much by supposed quote unquote religious zealots and Wiccans and people who practice witchcraft and serve Satan at the same time. Because there's there, I and I seriously have people on my page that that do both, and they all love Donald Trump. How could that be? Well, it goes back to what was stated earlier that at the end of the day, Donald J. Trump uh, isn't the persona; he's the vehicle. So, at the he is the 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 mechanism by which their agenda can be exalted. So they completely disregard the morality of, they disregard the behavior of, they disregard the conduct of Donald J. Trump, the persona. That's not important to them. And what happens is I think that sometimes we feel, especially as black people, we feel is that when you talk about individuals who claim religion, that they're claiming a level of morality. And and that's not necessarily the same thing. You got to understand that, and we won't go, I'm not going to jump way back here in in the middle of this podcast, but you got to understand that Christianity was one of the mechanisms that was utilized to express to whites why 
the enslavement of people was something that wasn't just justifiable, but it was something that God wanted and intended. In fact, that it was preordained from the beginning of time, Mm -hmm. that if it were not the will of God, it wouldn't be happening. It wouldn't continue to happen. So, and there was no moral structure involved in the whole concept of the enslavement of other individuals. But yet, and still, these people got up every Sunday morning and they went to church. They got up every Sunday morning, they went to church, they listened to their pastor, they claimed religious uh, beliefs and character and morality, and they were Christians and they wore crosses and they bore Bibles. But these individuals were extremely immoral. These are the same descendants of those people. And the only thing they have to do now is not own another individual to keep their agenda going. They just simply have to cast a vote for an individual. That's much simpler than owning an entire other person and still trying to find a way that you're Christian. You know, you bring up a very good point. You can just simply say, well, I just voted for the man. You bring up a very good point. I was actually reading my Bible yesterday. And one of the things that's, and I didn't burst into flame, but um, I was actually reading my Bible yesterday and I was noticing the stories of like the Israelites and how they were kept in bondage and for 300 years. And then they, they would go to another land and you're kept in, then you're held in bondage and, you know, you do things that, that disfavor God and then God puts you back into bondage, you know? So, and it really reading it in context, I, I just wonder sometimes, are people reading this as they are the Israelites or are they reading this as they are the, the um, Hittites or are, are these like, are they the Egyptians? Because really, if it, in order for you to have that point of view that you just expressed that it's okay. This is what God wants. This is what God intended for these people to be held in bondage. You're not taking the point of view of the Israelites there. You're really like taking the point of view of the Egyptians as like, you know, we're supposed to prosper from them. We're supposed to, this is what God wants for us, you know? And it's a, the messages are just all, it's just, it's just very like, you know, confusing on a moral standpoint. And I don't understand how people can really justify a lot of things that they believe in with that, with that in mind. I, I guess like, I'm, I guess I'm too pragmatic in too many different ways. I can't just I can't just read something. I can't just read words and just like walk on it on my faith comes from inside me. It doesn't come from words. I just have a very difficult time with just like, you know, I read these I read the stories and I understand what it is, but it just I don't I don't I could never like go out and justify I could never go out and justify like, you know, sleeping with my neighbor's daughter who's 14 years old. Just because in the Bible, a character in the Bible did that and said it was okay. You know, it's just not, it just doesn't make sense. There's a lot of people out there who just use this stuff looking for cover, man. Like they're, you know, it's all, it's all post, you know, you go and do the act and then you go find the justification for it someplace else to Mm -hmm. give you cover. Like a lot of people are just, they're just swimming forward. They're not, they'll figure it out post. You know, yeah. it's a, it's a gift to be able to look at things and understand and look, put yourself into different situations before you move. Mm-hmm. But that's not how most people survive. And most people are doing it and then they'll find the justification later. And of course, you know, the religious leaders have their own justifications because they have their own ends that they would like to that they would like to meet. You know, there are very few true men of God on this planet. Uh, and most of the men of God you do not hear from. Why? Because they're acting in a godlike way, mm-hmm. which means they're not you know, 
trying to drive a Rolls Royce. Right. Like Joel Osteen. Yeah. You know, that, that whole thing when, when everything happens in his church, you have, you've been blessed with this beautiful, with this big, beautiful building and you're afraid of soiling this building in order to help people. And to me, those two things don't, they don't go hand in hand. Either you, either you walk out on faith and you believe that, and you believe that you open up your doors to these people of need and God will provide you with whatever you need to rectify that situation once the hard time is over, or you're just really trying to get a check. And my my problem is with people who take these people and they exalt them. There are, there are Bible verses that say you're not supposed to speak about ministers and people of God and everything, but I don't have any problem with it because they're not people of God. They're people with God's titles. They have the title of minister. You have the title of like, you know, I've talked to people who are in, who are in real estate who will do the most grimy things in the world only to come out later on, only to come out later on to find out that they're actually like supposedly ministers and have churches. You know, I don't understand how they can do that. But then I but then I really but then I really do understand how they can do that because we're not the same. You know, they would say to me that I'm not of God, so I can't really judge them. And I'm just wondering what God? We're of different gods. We're of different ilks. So yeah, in the, in that point I can I can understand it and I can accept it because you're just not doing the right thing. So I guess that's just me. But setting the tone for what's acceptable for for someone to tell me that I I may not know, I may or may not know your pastor or your minister. I don't know what they do. So I'm not going to follow somebody that I don't know, and I don't know what their actions are. You could be preaching on Sunday and on Sunday night. You could be sleeping with someone in the church. That, to me, is not that, and I'm following you. So if I follow you, do I, do I suffer your sin? And that's just, this is all a metaphorical, rhetorical conversation if you believe in these things if you don't believe in these things and i do read my bible and i have not bursted into flame yet <laughs> well there's still time there's still time <laughs> there's still there's still time but you know you're 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 getting older you're mellowing you're you're probably settling more into uh into the pattern you know 20 years ago is a better chance of you bursting into flames now you're now you're pretty good <laughs> thanks rob <laughs> Thanks, Rob. You're welcome, bro. <laughs> Thank you. But, you know, to, to, to bring this back, like, how do we, you know, how do you wake people up and get them to understand what has gone on these last few years and what the fundamental change is, like, to the courts? Donald Trump's had a real impact on America. Oh, yes. They, they're all, the, all these lifetime appointments to, to judges and stuff. Like, we're going to be eating this for a long time. We're going to be eating the stew that they cooked up behind him for a long time. Oh, yeah. And it's not going to be tasty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When he first got when he first got elected, I was saying that that's the biggest that's really the biggest threat, the courts, because no one has put through any legislation in this country for over 12 years. We're in a status quo. We've been in a holding pattern for 12 years. All these Facebook warriors complaining about this. I'm complaining about that. And that's another thing, like the Facebook warriors and all the Internet warriors like y'all can just pretty much just fuck off at this point. Like, you just had four years of your guy in control of everything. You should have nothing to complain about. If your guy was really what he claimed to be, you know, for you, you should have no problems. They should have enacted legislation to get rid of all of the problems. There should be no issues with pedophilia whatsoever. There should be no issue with anything that ails you. 
that you feel like you want to come back and you want to waste people's time with. I don't, I'm not going to engage with you on those levels. I'm not. I just made a, I made a conscious decision the other day after seeing that, after seeing that post from my relative that I'm just not going to deal with these fuckers no more. Like, seriously, I'm not going to deal with, I'm not going to deal with anyone that supports. If you support somebody that's out and out evil, you know, I'm not a Christian, but I can recognize evil. I'm not a saved Christian, but I can recognize evil. I know what it looks like. So I don't want to be around it. And just because you guys have went through your stuff, like you made the joke about 20 years ago, I might have bursted into flame. But, you know, if I would have bursted into flame, these motherfuckers would be dust for the shit that they were doing. And I wasn't doing anything that was too bad. I was just out here in the world just doing me, you know, might be one or two women. Mostly, mostly like carnal related like things. Gonna say, just doing me, sado me. <laughs> That's it. I ain't hurt nobody. I ain't hurt nobody. These motherfuckers. The way that they didn't want to be hurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, uh, anyway, that's a different conversation. But if we're talking in terms of like doing drugs, doing drug deals, punching people in the face, doing all that, nah, that that won't me. You know what I'm saying? I went home. I I had a good I had a good base from home. My mother taught me. You know, she taught me you do X, Y, and Z, and you don't do X, Y, and Z. If you went out and you did anything other than that and everything, then that's on you. But don't come back to me now, like 40, 50 years later, and try to tell me that the shit that I've been doing my entire life, when I pretty much just lived a moral life and tried not to fuck with people, tried to help people where I could and everything, now you want to tell me that I'm wrong and I'm a sinner. I'm well, here. you know, they, they've, been, they've been pissing on our heads for 400 years and telling us it's raining. Mm. So none of this is different. None of this is new. You know, it's new to them. Because for some people, this is the first time that they've actually seen the justice system, how it operates for us all the time. Or they've actually done the right thing or seen on, on a, or yeah, they're finally, level? they're finally actually fully aboard doing the right things. I mean, there were lots of, you know, I was talking to one of my boys and his, his family business was in real estate appraisals. Okay. And, and he'll be one of the first ones to jump on and tell you they ain't never own any slaves. They've never done this. They've never done that. But when you sit down and break down how, your family actually participated in the system that helped keep black people down. Then he's like, Oh, well, 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 yeah. Whether you knew it or not, you were participating. Right. You know? So now some people are starting to come awake and they're starting to, to realize that, Oh yeah, there are lots of little ways that we've helped keep this thing going, you know, but now that they've jumped on board, they're like all disappointed and butthurt. Like how come the system didn't work for us? Well, the system's never worked for us <laughs> and it's right. not going to, yeah. it ain't designed for us. It's not. It's not. You have to break it down. You've got to start from scratch, which is why I didn't. I on, on the, to a certain level, I was upset at what happened. At I was more upset. I wasn't really upset at what was going on with the Capitol. I felt that it was. I felt that it was bad. I felt that Trump. He basically abandoned those people. He abandoned those police officers for sure. So if you're a police officer and you have something to say to me, like you could definitely fuck off. Well, they're um, the funniest ones because they are they are all about, you know, make America great. Police are all about make America great again. Donald Trump for this. And come on, man. Beat your know. ass with the flag. Y'all know he don't give a shit about you. It beat, never did. Beat your ass with the flag. They beat you. Let them people beat your ass with the That was just pure evil. You know, yeah, that was pure evil, man. That was pure evil. That was pure evil. 
And it comes down, a lot of these conversations that we have, it doesn't come down to political things. This is why I try to avoid, this is why this is the first time that we're doing a political broadcast. Because to me, like Democrats and Republicans, that shit is all about money. We know the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. The, you know, Democrats, they might do something that will, or they'll keep the motherfuckers off you a little bit. You know what I'm saying? They'll keep those dogs off you a little bit. Republicans, they let that leash off a little bit. They let those, they, they, they might let them get a nip at you. They get to nip at you and everything. It doesn't come down to like, you know, politics for me for, for as far as like democratic or republic. It comes down to me, good versus evil. It's either you're good or you're evil. And none of them are really like pushing anything that's really necessarily good. They're pushing agendas to help themselves. Like you were talking about your brother just now, Rob, that guy, his family, they weren't thinking about, they probably contributed to, like most people have and like most families have over the years and businesses, they would donate, they'd send 2000 to the Democratic Party, send 2000 to the Republican Party. No matter who wins, you're covered. Exactly. Doesn't matter. They're not, they're not thinking in terms of social justice. They're thinking in terms of financial justice. And that's part of the main problem with this country. Because we have a country that's based upon like money and finance. It's supposed to be a free market, and it's not a free market. It's As no the Reddit folks market. learned a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's not a free market. So what can you say? I was watching that series. They have this thing on HBO, The Lady in the Dale. Did you guys watch that? Have you seen that? No. About the transgendered woman who tried to build a three-wheel car back in the early 70s and tried to take on Detroit and everything. And it's riveting. I didn't think I would like it, but I, I turned on HBO. It was on. I sat there for two minutes and I ended up watching the whole fucking thing. Like, you know, and is it, it a series or is it a movie? It's a, it's a mini series that it's a mini series. Okay. It's like a, a number of different things. And this woman was transgender and they make the points about her being transgender and all this other stuff. And that's like, but that's not the point, but she's, he, she, he transgender was very, she was very smart, and she said one thing. She was like, at one point, she said, I want to get this done, and I want to fight these people in Detroit because it's about free enterprise, and if I don't get this done now, there's not going to be any free enterprise. It's not going to be any free market for me to actually be able to do this. She understood the parameters of what was going on in the country in the 70s and in the 80s that other people still haven't grasped, the concepts that people still haven't grasped today after these things have occurred. We can say we have a free market, but we don't have a free market. We have a corporate-run society. And everybody is trying to get in where they fit in. If you think you have a free market, try to come up with a product. Come up with a product that everyone universally needs and that will save people and will knock out one of these other businesses. Say, like, a phone that you can, like, you know, tap your nose and you have a phone. Okay? And it's cheap. And it's easy. And you try to put that out there. And see how many bullets come flying through your window the day that you put that patent out there. That's your free market. That's your free market in the United States of America. It's not something that people want to talk about. They want to talk about socialism against communism. And you're supporting communism, but you're against socialism. But none of that shit has nothing to do with free enterprise. Free enterprise barely exists in this country. You have the right to make a living. And that is about it. 
I, I agree with you on that one in, in the uh, in the sense that it's very, like you said, it's very difficult to bring anything into the market as far as it being a label to free market and become successful with it. What I was trying to say was that I agree with you 100% that free market isn't really a free market, especially seeing that for years, you 100% were at the mercy of the big corporations just to get your product, your services, your industry advertised to people to let people know that you were out there, that you're trying to do something, that you're trying to be a part of this market. Today, there are a lot more venues when it comes to the world of social media. So on the entry-level position, we do have more and more individuals who are able to get new products, services uh, out there. But again, it's not set up for the small man to succeed. This is a loophole that's been discovered accidentally. This isn't like the system was set up or is set up to let the small man succeed and thrive. It's just that this social media has given the small man, so to speak, almost level playing field as far as advertising and marketing the ability to get their message out there. Mm -hmm. And that kind of proves true in other venues as well that, don't get me wrong, the country's not set up for this. Mm -hmm. This is something that a couple of private companies put together, your Twitters, your Facebooks, your Instagram. And then we accidentally discovered that even though the system is against us, we can find a way to kind of, you know, pigeonhole through and find a little niche and become successful and compete in this, this corporate conglomerate that's out there. But again, the system's not set up for us to succeed. We're just, you know, we're grinders and we're just figuring it out. We're yeah. finding ways to, to loophole our ways to success despite the fact that yeah. it's not set up for us to, to be successful. And if you try, if you find one of those loopholes, they're going to close that loophole as soon as you go through it. They're looking yeah. to plug it out. They're looking to plug it up as soon as you get, while your leg is in there. If your leg is in there, they'll plug it up with your leg. If you've got hey, your whole listen. body in, they'll cut cut hey, your foot hey, off hey, and better keep hey, dragging listen, on. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to throw this out there the wrong way, but I agree with you a thousand percent. And that's, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but that's one of the reasons why the Democratic Party my party wanted to eliminate Facebook, Twitter, and uh, uh, wanted to break them up, you know, about three, four years ago mm -hmm. because they felt as though they were getting too large, too fast. There was very little control over that. And that platform was being utilized by a lot of people who traditionally said they didn't have any way to become successful. And more and more black and brown people are becoming successful in their small businesses using these platforms. And we both know that our party recognizes that the more free we are financially, the less likely we are to vote Democratic. That's definitely true. And that's another thing about the I this country definitely needs a third party. You know, it needs a third party. It needs a third conservative party that's not racist. Okay. It's gonna say it what it is. <laughs> you mean we in a different country, Joe? What yeah, country? in a different fucking country. country. You talk about going. Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe maybe that's the only way it possibly can that well me I'm not even gonna say maybe that it's the only way it could possibly go through go down because you know I've been saying for years and I, I I think it's like amazing first of all the cognitive dissonance of a lot of white Americans is just incredible because like man quasi you grew up in it you grew up in the South in Atlanta Georgia area. And you know that a lot of people in that area, they're generally their their morals and their basics are conservative values. You get married, take care of your kids, you hang out with your family and everything. These are basic conservative values. Conservative in every way except for 
the color of your skin. So there's no possible way you can ever fit in with somebody that as soon as you walk in, you're talking about the same things. And then someone comes in and says, what's this dude doing here? It just doesn't work. So and then the Democrats, they've got their own shit going on. If you to a certain extent, if you don't fit a certain mode of revolutionary, you they may not want to hear from you. Correct. Because those people, because if you're talking about finance and things, now you're threatening their domain. You're threatening their money. So you can't possibly fit in. And you go to the libertarians. Libertarians are, they believe that they've done everything by themselves and they can maintain by themselves. Some of them are really cool. um, But for the most part, they're pretty much the biggest assholes out there. You know, because they feel like they that they're going to do everything by themselves. And this is a community. It's like it's impossible. I am an introverted person. I'm a social introvert. I prefer to stay at home and I prefer not to talk to a lot of people. But I understand my need to connect and make connections in order for me to survive and make money and everything. So it's like this is the arena that I deal in. These people feel like they want to they want to engage with you, but they want to engage with you when they have to. You can't just engage with people just when you have to, when you have a need for them and then tell them when they need when they have a need for you. What are you going to tell them? You're going to tell them, like, you know, I can't help you. <laughs> they, they'll try it. <laughs> they'll try it. Well, John, I'll tell you, though, that that's part of the success or, you know, if you want to use the word success mm-hmm. uh, of the Republican Party how Donald Trump actually ended up being elected in the first place. Donald Trump pursued that exact same mindset and philosophy, but he flipped it. So there was for the longest, this marginalized group of whites uh, in the, you know, in the, in the Midwest, in the South, all the way out to the West that was never given any attention by the Republican party until it was right before the time to collect votes. Mm-hmm. And that's when these different Republican senators and Congress people, as well as the, uh, you know, if it was primaries for the election, for the presidency, these presidential candidates, oh, they will go out and they would then, you know, get all up and give all this attention to these marginalized people in the Republican Party. Because they knew they needed to give them the attention right before the vote. And sometimes they would get the vote. Sometimes they wouldn't get the vote. But their real attention was always with these, you know, primary Republicans and these individuals who they felt were the staunch Republicans. So they gave them the attention all the time. And they gave the marginalized group of people the attention only right before the election. Donald Trump flipped it. And Mm -hmm. he continually and consistently spoke to the people that they identified as the marginalized white American base. And he kept them excited the entire time. And he knew that the status quo Republicans have no other party. They're not going to vote Democratic. They're not going to vote independent. They're not going to consider libertarian. So I don't have to give you any attention. I don't have to do a ton of the things that you absolutely want. But I can provide you with a group of people who will provide you with support and votes throughout, constantly providing you with the additional votes that you need to defeat any Democrat that you run against. Man, that was a winning, winning play. That was a winning play. Uh, A lot of of that has to do with the times that we live in today Mm -hmm. and with the economy that we have. A lot of those places that you talk about, those Midwestern states that would go Democratic, it was at a time when there was industry there. 
you had jobs, you had GM, you had different factories, you had U.S. Steel, you had all these different places that were providing jobs. And that was their identity. Americans used to identify with their work more than they used to identify with their party. You remove the work and you go 20, 30 years forward. Now you have an opportunity to introduce something new to them or not something new, but something that existed, but in a new way. You put a new face on white supremacy. You put a new face on this is what, now we're all one. Whereas before we were, it was different because the big difference was that, and the reason why that these places went democratic is because those, because the Democrats were the party of unions. And now there aren't any unions in those places. There aren't any homes in those places. So, I mean, I guess you could, you can honestly say like those people may have, they have a point when, or you can't blame them when they say, well, what have the Democrat, what have the Democrats done for me? Because they didn't protect the unions. The unions are gone. They didn't protect the jobs. The jobs are gone. But the flip side of that is that the Republicans are the ones that benefited from the breaking of the unions. They're the, the ones. The Republicans. That, that's that's Ronald Reagan. That's the Reagan Revolution. That's they right. They broke the unions. That's right. That they, you know, they 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 did that thing. International finance, international trade. That was a thing. I remember I, I met a girl in college who was an international like you know business re- major, and I was like international business. Like what the fuck is that? That's like 1989. It's like, you know, why would you why would you look for a degree in that? And lo and behold, like, you know, 30 years later, you know, I'm the dumb one. (laughs) You know, I have no problem admitting it. You know, listen, I don't know everything. This is not an omnipotent show. I'm not a I'm not a moral Christian who can tell you exactly what to do in your day. (laughs) You know, exactly how to live your life. I can't do that. I'm not going to even take that upon myself. I don't want to take that upon myself. I just want to be me. I just want to do my thing. I'm here for the living. I'm not here for the dead. I'm here to, we're trying to get through it. We're trying to get through what we're getting through right now and everything. And right now it's just, it's just jacked up in a lot of different ways. So that's what it is. Yeah, I agree with you totally. It's jacked up in a lot of different ways. That even goes back to when we started the conversation about that impeachment process. Uh, I feel as though the Democratic uh, House there had an opportunity to bring forth some charges that would have been charges that would have made sense so that they could have turned around and actually effected a trial against Donald J. Trump that would have stuck and it would have censored him and he could have had a guilty verdict placed on his head or on his chest but it wasn't sexy it wasn't going to draw a lot of uh, media attention people wouldn't have been interested in watching donald j trump go through a trial due to negligence or you know dereliction of duty or something like that they wanted to slap him with insurrection of a riot knowing good and darn well that they could not win that case However, they they couldn't win any case, though. I mean, the the master process, Mitch McConnell. I mean, first of all, the first thing they did once they got this thing started, you know, he bumps it. You know, well, we can't we're not going to come back until the 19th. We're not going to come back till the day before the inauguration. So effectively, they push this thing until he's out of office. And then the first thing the Republicans say is, well, you, we can't impeach him because he's already out of office. Like this is, already a BS, office. is a BS process. So, I mean, so I- you know, McConnell's the master of process, and he he managed to set this up. That regardless of what you charged him with, half the Republicans can be like, he's out of office. We should just let this go anyway. Well, at least he was righteously indignant. 
the other day. He was right. Oh, that is that is the best piece of BS theater that I've ever seen in my life. Hold it. You mean to tell me you just walked out of a room where you could have held this man accountable? You yourself could have held this man accountable. You did not. You actually lobbied other people not to, then walked out of the room and said, God damn it, this guy's guilty. Somebody's got to hold him accountable. That is the best mind F that I've ever seen in my life. Like if that's not gaslighting in its purest form. Well, there's a there's that old saying, don't piss on my head and tell me that it's raining. And like, you know, I think a lot of years of it. I think I think a lot of people have have heard that memon or heard that saying and they've taken it the exact opposite way. They 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 dare themselves. They piss on your head, and they do tell you that it's raining anyway. Yeah, I agree. You know, agree. And let me let me excuse me, John, but let me jump back on that point really quick because sure. I agree one hundred percent with what was just said. There, there was no formula by which the guilty verdict would be applied. Mm-hmm. But my point was not. See, that's the Republican guilt. That's what Republicans have to, you know, that's, we recognize that we see the Republican party was against it. They weren't going to let it happen. And I agree with that. It was, there was no side slide in. I agree. Mm-hmm. But we have to understand that our Democrats let us down from the beginning by choosing to charge him with something that they knew they could not convict him of. But they did that simply not for the sake of justice, but for the sake of political fanfare. Well, and that goes back to realizing that you you know, we're not getting what we need from either side in a big case like this. Our side should have at least have made sure they had the right charges. They could have argued it the right way. They could have got the right evidence together. But there were political agendas on our side as well that really, really just, um, you know, it just made for a fail, fail. And I would have rather they had went with the correct charges and then had the Republicans stamp it out and it didn't. Instead of just going for the sexy charges so they could get a lot of media fanfare and so they could do what they want to do in the news. I thought it was a waste of time. Well, I feel what's going to happen with Trump is very simple. They they already decided when before they pulled up these charges, these charges were not about getting a guilty um, verdict. They were never going to get a guilty verdict. The whole thing is that they just want to put it. They want to put it on, on the in the books of history that these people would consciously turn their heads away from any type of thing. And the second step is that they're going to allow the states to go in and go after Trump. The state AG here in New York, Letitia James, H.U., you know, holla. And I remember they they called me to ask me who I was going to vote for for AG. I said, I like the other candidate. He's a nice guy, but I attended Howard. So thank you very much. So it's like that's what it is. Kamala, I feel a little bit different about, but I voted for her, too. But um. My the point is, I think that their their plan is that they're going to go after him on a state level. I don't think it's a good plan. I don't think it's really going to work so much. What you're going to do is you're basically giving this guy the fodder, and you're giving him the the victimhood that he craves so much. Now he's going to be a, a victim of a democratic um, cabal witch hunt, witch, another witch hunt, hunt, witch hunt to go after him for things that he did. But he should never be convicted of. My whole thing is that this whole situation is a moral situation. You know, it's got nothing to do with the law. Because let's be honest, like if you know at the beginning of the day he's not going to get convicted, you're just you're just working on um, decorum. You're just you're doing these things on decorum. And the bottom line is, it's really we're we're not really judging Donald Trump. We're judging each other. We're judging each other each other's responses to this fucked up thing that really happened here. That tells you that your neighbor 
is okay with shit going being done the wrong way as long as they agree with it. They're okay with police officers being killed as long as they're being killed for the right reasons. You know, we're okay and, with it, it wasn't it wasn't that blue it wasn't that blue lives mattered. It's just that black lives didn't matter. Exactly. We, they shut exactly. them up. Right. We're we're okay with the desecration of the United States institutions, including the flag. If you're as long as you're as long as you're not kneeling. We'll run up in the in the, in the House of Congress and we'll spit on it. And you have they they took shits on desk. That's something that mental patients do. These people are not mentally sane. And this shows me this tells me a couple of different things in my mind. One thing it tells me is that people are just like they're just so full of shit at this point. So it's like, let's not have moral conversations anymore. Let's not, you know, like, you know, if anyone is listening to this podcast who's not really a fan, you're just trying to really listen to it, to, you know, so that way you can have something to say about me negative in the future. Let's just say I'm going to give you everything that you need and everything right now. I'm going to give it to you right now and everything. You're full of shit. You can't tell me anything. You can't tell me anything moral. You can't set. you're not equipped to set moral boundaries for me because I will tell you. If someone who you feel like I should agree with all the time is wrong, but you will make a moral equivalency for that same person. We are not on the same level morally. And for me to continue to have conversations with you about morals, the only thing it does is bring me down. It's going to bring me down to your level. So I'm not fucking with you on that shit and everything. I'm just not. I'm not there for you. I'm not here for it. We, we all have better things to do with our time and everything. You can go ahead and you can say, oh, you know, he gave up. Or he's just like, you know, yeah, you win. You win. You are a moral motherfucker. But just remember one thing. Everybody has the same shit in America. Everybody has the same guns. Everybody has the same fist. I'm still the same dude that will punch you in your fucking face if we were face to face. We're not face to face. So let's just skip the whole conversation because I don't even want to think about you like that. It's not that important for me to want to punch you in the face. Like, seriously, you might bleed on me. I'll get COVID. I don't want to fight you. I don't. So this is where this is where we are in the United States today. I'm just not I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. I'm not here for your moral judgments. I'm not here for your indecision. I'm going to do things the way that I'm supposed to do things. And at the end of the day, when we all die and we go, maybe we'll go to the same place. Hopefully we won't. Oh, you know, hopefully we will. Hopefully we'll be able to, you know, hopefully there'll be some resolution and they'll, they'll be able to, to see, we'll all see the, the ways in which we were errant on this planet and we'll be able to chop it up over, uh, you know, over some herbal delicacy in the next life. Yeah, you know, yeah, well, maybe so, man, but I'm not really fucking... I, I, you know, I'm more kumbaya than you. Yeah, be like, you know we're, what? We're, you I'm kumbaya see, with you, bro. We we we're, we're all, you know, they they created this fucked up system. They got they got us, they got our minds locked up into it, but you know, at some point we're all going to break free of it and realize that it's it's all one. It's all all energy cannot be destroyed. That's energy the truth. cannot be destroyed. That's going to be truth. moved into different areas. And we're all energy. Yeah, and that was pure, one. that was pure evil. That was, what they it was, did. It was some bad energy. That was pure it was, evil. It was evil, but you know what? It was a, it was a lot of years in the making. 
A lot of years of the making. If, if you never hold people account for their bad behavior, they're going to continue to behave badly. Amen. Amen. You have to hold them accountable. We are that is Nic- 100% correct. We are Nicaragua now. Just think, in the early 90s, I remember looking at Parliament. They had scenes of Parliament actually fighting and fist fighting in different places. We, the United States, we do it bigger and better. We got motherfuckers coming in with guns ready to fucking shoot motherfuckers up. Shitting on desk. Except we didn't shoot him back. <laughs> yeah. You see, that's why I don't. That's why other I don't countries want... would have shot those people. Oh, yeah. They would have shot them. They would have fucking. This oh country would have shot other people. Well, this country would have shot other people. Absolutely correct. <laughs> you know, if, if they had run up in there talking about uh, freedom and equality, if they, if, they had go, if they had run in there with rainbow flags instead of Confederate flags, they've been putting people on their backs. Rainbow flags. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least well, rainbow flags. Get, at, least, at least rainbow flags get get rubber bullets. Yeah, they, they didn't give them a headache. <laughs> yeah, rainbow flags get rubber bullets. That <sighs> that BLM flag would have. It gets full metal jacket. Yeah, it gets full metal jackets. They'd have been pulling out the claymores. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> been a whole different, or an entirely different setup. Face front know? towards enemy. They wouldn't. They wouldn't mind. A little bit of concrete gets blown up and everything. We just get some more concrete hey, and hey, just put John, it really quick, really quick. Hard, 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 hard deadline. Hard deadline. Hard deadline. Here we go. Really quick. I remember when when this event first happened and everybody was posting all over social media. Yeah. <laughs> If these individuals have been black, we know what the outcome would have been. If these individuals have been, you know, Hispanic, we know what the outcome would have been. And you actually had news outlets that started pushing the opposite narrative of, can you believe that individuals are actually saying that the Capitol Police were racist and that even the black cops and the Hispanic cops that were there were racist because (laughs) they would have shot black people? Yeah, that's exactly what we were yeah, saying. Yeah, like, you know, like, that's you know. exactly what we were saying, Listen, man. Like, you didn't quiet me with that statement. This, this, this that's is exactly the, what we're saying, man. These are the statements that people, like, post on my page. Like, you know, and, and, I, and I'm, like, looking at them, oh and I'm, like, gosh. you know, do I, do I really type a response to this, or do I just, like, let me just hang up and just, like, go do something different that's actually productive, you know, because, like, they, yeah. Of course they yeah. would have yeah. emptied the fucking clips. Yeah, uh, yeah thrown the would. guns at them once the clips were empty. You and know, they would have been told that's what was necessary when dealing with black and brown skin. And they would have been in, had to do. And they would have been in full riot gear. Yeah. Full riot gear. You didn't see that in the onset with these guys. They're in their white shirts. I was we like, still I had need a, to find out why the National Guard wasn't deployed earlier. We, yeah, we still can't get a bottom. And I'm, I'm thinking somewhere in the mix, Nancy Pelosi's name is going to come up heavy. Every, I hope not, but every, I think every, her name is going to come up very heavy. Every, yeah, every other day. Like I, I was watching them in their white shirts. I was having a Smithsonian Institute flashback because that's the way they <laughs> that's the way they dress. You know, you go into Smithsonian and like they're in their white shirts and everything. I'm like, oh, I'm in the Smithsonian again. But instead. They're like coming to kill these motherfuckers. They came to kill you. They came for your head. So, yeah. you know, this is a this is an abbreviated podcast because it is an early podcast. I'm gonna try to keep it make it easy on my on my listeners and Happy everything. President's Day, everybody. Happy, Happy President's, President's Day. Day. There you go. Born in trouble. Remember, Episode Donald number Trump gets honored too. He was a president. Hey man, he gets pre- he gets it. Listen, no matter what. Dude made an impact. He made an impact. 
Negative impact, sure. But he made an impact. He helped Stormy Daniels' career. Her catalog Absolutely. is blown up. Put some cash in her pocket. Put some cash in her pocket, you know, taxpayer dollars. Or some of you guys, some of you people actually, like some of you Trump supporters, you can actually walk up to Stormy and like tell her, I've paid your salary. Wow. Man. That's deep, ain't it? I yeah. paid your salary. And like, you know, it is what it is. And some of you people go to church on Sunday, evangelicals. You can go up to Stormy Daniels and say, hey. I've supported your work. Well, you know they were supporting her work long before the president made his contribution. Well, that's true. They they were they were all over that. They knew exactly bow. who I had no idea who she was, but they knew. Bow chicka bow bow. They knew. They knew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they knew about the birthmark or whatever. Mm. They knew the tattoo. They they knew. Mm. Get it, girl. Get it, girl. So and this is where I, this is where we digress. Born in trouble. I'm like, yo, man quasi. Thank you for showing up for this for this abbreviated podcast. I appreciate you. Good to chat you. with you, brother. Look Good. forward to doing it again. Definitely. Mr. Brooks, as usual, you know what I'm saying? I know we all got, bet we've got things to do. We got this one in before everybody's got to run out and take care of their business for the rest of the day. I, I had to go get my uh, my my uh, my Abe Lincoln discounted blankets. Oh. President's Day. I had to get ready for the sales. Oh, well. To all the people out there who have served this country as president of the United States, um, do we say thank you or do we just say, well, you did it. And they they were operating that. within the system that they were allowed to operate within. Yeah, there you go. You did that. You know, so if they, if they had decided, if they had decided, if they woke up one morning and said, you know, what, we need to start treating these black people like regular people. That would have been, you know, there had been a separate day, you know, when talking about the day they got assassinated. So, well, we'll see. You know, where, we'll see. <laughs> operated within the system that they were, they were allowed to. We'll see where we end up at the end of the day. Born in trouble. We'll see you guys. We'll see you guys on Friday. Thanks a lot for listening. Peace.